Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 464 of the Juice Box Podcast. Hey, it's a palindrome. 464. Same frontwards as it is backwards. Goes for letters, too. Palindrome. Anyway. Today's show, I remember loving when I recorded it, and as I edited the show, I loved it, too. So much so that I made myself a note to call it Cass on Top. But in this moment, for the life of me, I don't remember why I did that. Here's what I do remember off the top of my head. Cass was diagnosed as a child. She's an adult now living with type one. She's from the Canada, a place called Toronto, apparently. And uh, she was really delightful. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. You do not, however, need a doctor's okay to push subscribe in your podcast app that you can just do right now before the show gets started can i make a personal plea here for a second if you're gonna send me a note that's going to make me cry can you warn me at the beginning of the note or something i don't know we have to come up with a code word so that i'm not looking at notes in grocery stores and tearing up I'm thrilled that you guys are doing so well, and I love that you'd let me know. And don't stop sending me the notes, but I don't want to cry in grocery stores. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Go to touchedbytype1.org to find out more about my favorite diabetes organization. The episode is also sponsored by the Cont- the episode is also sponsored by the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. And you can find out more and get started with Dexcom at dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. And slightly new link for Omnipod. It's omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Remember, it used to be myomnipod.com. Now it's just omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. You have all bought enough Omnipods, they can afford to buy their name on the online now. I'm just kidding about that. I don't know why it used to be my Omnipod, but I have to admit it did confuse me at first, but don't worry, we'll get used to it. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Go there and find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Dash system. Are you kidding me? Like actually use it for 30 days for the free? Like have a dom... You see what I'm saying? You get the Omnipod Dash, it's free, and you can use it to manage diabetes for 30 days. Go find out if you're eligible. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. I even think you can get a free demo pod at that link if you don't want the Dash thing. All right. That was a lot. I got carried away there with the Omnipod link thing. I'm Cassandra. Um, I'm from Toronto, Ontario, and I'm a type 1 diabetic. How old are you? Uh, I'm 28. Well, I'll be 28 on Boxing Day this year. Boxing Day is like your Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys do on the Boxing Day? Everyone just goes shopping and spends a bunch of money. But um, my <laughs> my family, we just kind of get together, celebrate my birthday. And yeah, that's pretty much it. It's very, it's very easy. But Boxing Day here in Canada is like a big thing. Everybody goes shopping crazy. Like lineups are out the door at like 6 a.m. It's absurd. 
Oh, wait. Okay. So hold on a second. Box. So it's Black Friday. Is it or no? Boxing Day is a holiday celebrated the day after Christmas Day, thus being a second day of Christmas tide. It originated in the United Kingdom and is celebrated in a number of countries that previously formed part of the British Empire. Okay. So you, so you do you celebrate Christmas as well? Yes. Gotcha. So you do Christmas and then you go spend a bunch of money the next day. And that's pretty, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. There's like a bunch of sales in Canada all over through the stores and everybody just kind of goes, goes crazy and splurges. Yeah. <laughs> so we do that the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, I don't, but I've seen people in the news do it. They're, yeah. they're like struggling for like $200 flat screen televisions and trying to kill each other. Oh, though, I guess this year that might not happen, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, right? Because of everything going on. Yeah, but it, uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of like black, like they call Black Friday, right? Yeah. Like when there's all, all those sales. Like, yeah, it's we're already learning things here because I was certain Boxing Day was more of a like a religious thing, but obviously the religion of money is the only religion I see here. So okay, great. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it could be a religion, and I just don't know about it. But here in Canada, like Boxing Day is known as like everyone goes shopping, orders everything online after Christmas. Let me get the like, rest. I- Oh, go, uh, like I, I even know some people that like on Christmas Day, they'll wait till midnight at midnight for the Boxing Day sales just so they can go crazy and splurge. So I'm wondering. I, I see that happen here um, as well. Okay. All right. So we found that. Let's dive a little farther into my ignorance for a second. You said I'm from Toronto and I thought, are people really from there? But I guess they are, right? People are born there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what it is, is everybody kind of when you think of Toronto, Ontario, like everyone knows of Toronto, like the big CN Tower, right? So mm-hmm. I'm actually, I'm not from there. I'm from a little city around there. Mm-hmm. Brampton, Ontario is where I'm originally from, but everybody always knows Toronto. So I guess that's why cool. everyone always kind of says I'm from Toronto. <laughs> it's so cool how you take the O right out of it when you say it too. Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's Toronto. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right. <laughs> All right. I see. Um, okay. So my ignorance out of the way and we're on our way. We're moving right along. How old were you when you were diagnosed with type one diabetes? I don't even remember. It was, I remember the days. So it was March 24th, 2004. I was grade five. So I think I was about 10, nine, 10 years old. Well, hold on a second. 2004, right? You add 10 to that. It's 2014. You add another 10. It's 2024. That's too far because it's only 2020 now. So we go back to 2014. We've got 10. Now we start counting by ones. 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. That'd be 16 years ago. So it's was 16 years ago. And you said you were how old? 28. 28. So were you 12 or 11 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Around there. Yeah. See, (laughs) did you see how I did that? Yeah, that was really good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Math is not my forte. So. <laughs> Seriously, are you being serious that it was really good? Because you're in trouble if you think what I just did was really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because that's actually how my partner does math. Like he'll, like the way you just did it, you're like, okay, 24, subtract, t- like that's exactly <laughs> the way he does it. So when you're explaining it, I'm like, wow, that actually all makes so much sense because that's how he explains it to me. <laughs> I believe the there's other ways to do it that are better, but... <laughs> And he's actually really, really good at math. So. Well, listen, Cassandra, it's very possible that he's just better at math than you are, and you think he's yeah, really good true. at it. <laughs> you'll know for sure. That's when so you true. commingle that money for real and it starts disappearing, you'll be like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> he might not know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> no, oh my God, that's so funny. It's so right. true. <laughs> so, okay, so you're around 12 years old in a fifth fifth grade-ish. Um, you know, I, I taken by surprise, did it run in the family? 
No. So um, diabetes does not run in my family. Um, like none of my grandparents don't have it. My parents don't have it. Um, from what I'm aware of, my great grandparents don't ha- never had it. Gotcha. Um, more like heart disease and heart condition runs in my family, but, but no, not diabetes. Right. Okay. Okay. So just a little out of the blue, now that you know, and you've had it for a while, do you see any other autoimmune issues in your family line? Celiac, um, gluten intolerance, uh, thyroid issues, anything like that? Nope. None of them. Wow. You were just the rando one out of the group, huh? Yeah. I was the lucky one. (laughs) I'm the lucky one. That's from a movie. I don't know what it is anymore, but it's sticking in my head now. Um, Okay, so 12 years old, nobody knows what they're doing. How does it go? Well, my parent, like, so my parents got divorced when I was seven years old. Um, For me, it was scary. Like, it was a little, um, I, it was a little scary experience. And when I first became diagnosed with diabetes, I didn't take it seriously at all. Um, So when I first got diagnosed, I know the, the numbers are different. Like in the state, they calculate it differently. But mine in Canada, it was 40.5. When I was diagnosed, I'm pulling up my calculator, Cassandra. Hold on one second. The calculator that, by the way, is available at juiceboxpodcast.com forward slash conversion. And then you tell me what your blood sugar was again. Um, So it's 40.5 when I was originally diagnosed. So it was about, I think for you guys, it's like 740, 750. I have it at 729 with an an average A1C of 27. So yeah, high. I guess is what very, very high. That's right. when, yeah, that's when I was diagnosed. Do you remember how they brought it down in the hospital? Was it very slowly over days? Uh, it was very slowly over days. I was, I think when I, um, when I was first diagnosed, uh, so I went to a walk-in clinic and he was the one who actually told me and the way he explained it, it was horrible. Like he basically told my mom that he's like, I'm shocked. She's not in a coma. And he's like, you need to go to the emergency department right away. And so my mom was just like in panic. She was like, Oh my God. Okay. Like, okay, let's go to the emergency room. We're in shock. What's that old saying, Cassandra, where they say when only you can hear it, it's thinking, and when everyone can hear it, it's talking? Uh, <laughs> like, like, why would I get the doctor being shocked? I don't get him saying it in front of you or to your mother who's about to go through, you know, her child being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. <laughs> exactly right like even my mom she just couldn't believe like the way he just had explained it and like we weren't even sitting down like I remember I actually remember like I had just gotten really sick in that washroom and then um, I went back and I sat down and my mom was standing up and he was just like the way he just explained it was just like yeah you got to go to the emergency room like she I can't even believe she's not in a coma like he actually I remember hearing those words out of his mouth and I was just like shocked I was like coma I was like what's like what is that like I don't even know what that oh it's is. weird she ain't dead eh <laughs> yeah, right like, yeah thanks a I'm lot like, <laughs> I'm like okay cool like what's that I'm like where are we going so was and, he um, also the sheriff or is was that being a doctor his only job I think that was just being a doctor's yeah, like, yeah right like <laughs> now, now what am I what is that show I'm thinking of that was in Alaska in the 80s um and there was a moose walking down the street you're so young you're not going to remember any of this oh, uh, old people like, right now are like oh I know what he's talking about <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine that like after he's done doctor and he runs over and like you know writes uh, tickets on the meters down main street right. and stuff I realize that's not where you live but it's how it feels to me uh, it's crazy yeah so you you head right off to the hospital from there? Yes, yes. Yeah, we went we went there. Um I was in there for I what I remember um I think it was about 2 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um they did do it slowly. I had a ner- like I remember everything like a nurse would come check my blood sugar every night um and uh yeah, no, I remember them just explaining everything to me. So I was fairly young, so I don't remember it detail to detail. I'm sure my mom could explain it like precise, but um yeah, no, I just remember 
being diagnosed and it was all very new to me. Like they were explaining like how I have, how often I have to check my blood sugar and everything like that. And I, they were just trying to explain it to me. But as I got older, I kind of just did my own research and I started going to like my diabetic appointments on my own. And then that's what kind of like made me like understand like, Oh my God, this is actually a lot more serious than what I thought it was. So do you th- um, after in high school, like late in high school, that's when I started to take things very seriously. Okay. Do you think in those early days in the hospital and, and at your, you know, at that age, do you think that all that explaining, none of it really got into your head at all? No, yes. I don't think any of it got into my head at okay. all. <laughs> and so you just, you just left there with what I, count these carbs and I give myself this insulin and I eat. Yeah. Like I just, I didn't really understand it. Um, I know my nurse, like the nurse that was there, she was great. Um, like she was great. I remember her, her name was Amanda. She was great. I still remember her till this day. Um, but it was just a matter of, I don't know, I guess it was just a matter of, I was so young and it was also my, like the lifestyle that I lived. Um, I didn't realize how serious it was until my mom was like, okay, like Cass, we now need to start going, we need to go to the grocery, like that day when I was discharged, my mom took me to the grocery store and, and she changed everything. Like I used to eat white bread. It was very different. And then I remember right away, we switched to like the thin, like the thin slices of the Weight Watchers bread. <laughs> and I was like, mom, like, what is this? Like, this isn't, this isn't bread. <laughs> I see old ladies make this toast uh, and it's not fun. It, it, it bent. You ever notice the Weight Watchers bed it, when you toast it, it bends. It's like it so bends. thin. It starts like it curling was so up. weird. <laughs> You're like, mom, I don't think there's flour in this. Wait, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm like, what is this? This isn't bread. And like, yeah. So like, I remember just things drastically changing. And then like, um, I went, so basically the, when I got to high school, um, it was all about being thin, right? Like that's what, that's what I remember. I was like, it was always about being thin. And when I was a younger girl, um, like from grade five to grade eight, I was not on, not, a, not overweight, but I was a little bit on the heavier side. Like I wasn't a super thin kid. And so when I got to high school, I noticed, and that's one thing that I always noticed is when I had high blood sugars, like I would look a lot slimmer and I wouldn't eat as much and I wasn't as hungry as much. So I went through this phase where I would not give myself insulin like pretty much all day and I would go to school. I wouldn't eat lunch. I wouldn't eat breakfast. And I would have like a bottle of Pepsi. I remember that was always my lunch. I'd have like a bottle of Pepsi and then I'd go home. And one day I'll never forget this. I got, I felt really, really sick. I walked home that day and my walk home was about a 45 minute walk. And I walked home that day and I felt very, very nauseous when I got home. I felt super sick and I did. I got really sick. And then I remember checking my blood sugar um, and it was about, I think like in the high 20s, like 24, 25. And I got super sick and I was like, man, I look, and then my mom came down and she's like, Cass, what's going on? And I remember telling her like, mom, I don't feel well. My blood sugar is really high. And she asked me what I ate that day. And what I've been doing, and I told, explained everything to her because me and my mom have a very open relationship. I never hid anything from her. There was never any reason to. And so when I told her, I'll never forget, she was just explaining to me like, Cass, like you can't be doing this. You're literally killing yourself. And then shortly after, like I think about two weeks later, I met, I went and I did a carb counting class because my mom had thought like maybe a pump is a better option for me. So I'm not always coming, like taking out my syringe and giving myself injections. Okay. What? Can, let and, me stop you for a second. Yeah. Were, were yeah. you just, you were consciously not injecting because you were trying to stay thin or because you were just not paying attention or I was embarrassed. I didn't. Yeah. But my main, my main goal, like not giving injections was to stay thin. Okay. Um, and so, so that, you know, is categorized as an eating disorder. Um, and, and do, do you feel like that went on for how long? 
Um, I would say probably majority of my high school. So I would say probably grade nine, grade 10, I did that. And then um, once I realized like I kept constantly getting sick and I did not enjoy the feeling that's, I would say probably near the end of grade 10, that's when I, it changed. Like I, I completely stopped and then I started taking care of myself a little yeah, bit a, more. Tw- a 24 blood sugar is 432 in the United yeah. States, just for people's like context. Um, and, and so your, did your mom recognize your mom didn't recognize, oh, hold on a second. I have a little problem here with, why is it saying this to me? Hold on a second. Sorry about that. Yeah. It just jumped yeah. in and asked me <laughs> if I wanted to use my AirPods, which I'm assuming someone else in the house just opened up AirPods. That was very odd. Um, <laughs> everyone's working from home and going to school from home, and I don't like it. I know. I like being here in my house by myself, and everyone else goes somewhere. Um, right? Enjoying your time a lot. Yeah, yeah, enjoying yeah. your time. <laughs> what is wrong with them being here? Uh, but my, my question was, is your mom wasn't aware that you were trying to manage your weight by not taking insulin, right? No, my mom was a single mom. Um, I like, I've actually, like my mom's never owned, we never owned our own home. I've actually lived with my grandparents my entire life. Okay. Um, so I lived with my grandparents at the time, my sister, my uncle, and my mom. And uh, my mom was a baker at Longo's. So um, like she was like, my mom was always constantly working, taking overtime. Like it was, even like when I became diabetic, I had dropped a lot of weight um, yeah. significantly. And my dad, when I went to go see him one weekend, that's actually, he noticed. And he was like, listen, like she's dropped significant amount of weight. Like you need to go take her to the doctors. And that's what led my mom to go take me to the doctors. Okay. So with her being so busy, it was hard for her to notice. But if she did notice any little thing, she would always talk to me about it. <laughs> Can I, I'm trying to understand yeah. like contextually for a second, like 14 yeah. years old, how tall are you? I'm five, four and a half. So when you were like, when you felt like your weight wasn't where you wanted it, where was it versus where it was like, how many pounds like difference was it, I guess? Yeah. Um, okay. So when I was, before I became even diabetic, like I would say I was probably like, I was probably 170, 180, like when, before, yeah. So I would say 170, 180. Um, when I was in grade five, grade six. So like it was, I was a pretty, like, again, I was a pretty heavy girl. Um, and then when I became diabetic before I'm um, getting receiving treatment and in insulin, I had dropped, I would say about 20, 30 pounds within a month span. Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so that, so to you, whether you were sick or not, you were like, wow, I'm way closer to the weight I want to be. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm looking great. I'm, yeah. clothes, I'm getting nicer clothes. Everything's fitting better. <laughs> I was loving it. This is really moving along. I don't know why people are calling this illness. This is really fantastic. <laughs> and you even understand now, obviously, and for people listening, that e- even though that you were, when people say, oh, I lost so much weight before I was um, diagnosed, they were just, they were, you know, their blood sugars were higher. They were in DKA. And that's the, you know, one of the things that happens there, obviously, is you're wasting yeah. away, you're dying, you know? Yeah. And, and, like you're in severe dehydration, right? So yeah, it's, well, it's just, there's so much going on and, and your body is just withering away. Like, mm-hmm. like if you, if you're not diagnosed, you end up dying at a much lower weight, even than 20 or 30 pounds off of your number. Um, yes. And so, you did you notice it like even at that age did you start using insulin and, and think oh i'm gaining weight again like how did you figure out did someone tell you like i'm fast i i i'm 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 such a i'm such in the middle here because i don't want to tell people hey by the way if you don't take your insulin your blood your your weight will go down but i assume that's something people know but how did you figure it out 
Um, I just, I don't know. Like, I just, I know, like for me, it was my clothes. Like um, back then I was, it was very, like, I was very superficial. I was very into like, I cared a lot about what people thought of me. Okay. Um, I was very insecure. Um, I didn't have like my self-confidence, like there, there was no confidence in myself whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so basic, like the way I noticed was just literally through my clothes. And I, I noticed like when, um, after becoming diabetic, like, uh, when I went back home and like, I was trying to like live the normal, like live the, the lifestyle as a diabetic. Um, like my clothes were starting to get a little bit more snuck. So I was putting back on that weight again. Right. Yeah. Like well, after giving the insulin and getting the treatment I needed. So, um, I wasn't say I was going to gain all that weight back because I was technically eating healthier. So, but I was, I was putting back on my weight because I went back to those old habits in a way. Yeah. But Cassandra, how did you connect that to the insulin? Like, how did you figure out, like, oh, if I don't take this insulin, my weight will stay down? Do you remember? Let's talk about today's sponsors, and let's talk about them honestly, from the heart, shall we? First, this one's easy. Touched by Type 1, an organization doing wonderful things for people with type 1 diabetes. And it's super easy for you to find out about. You just go to touchedbytype1.org. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram. That's all they want you to know. They just want you to know they're there and go check them out. So go ahead. Once you're done with that, you're probably going to want to look into the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Dramatic pause for the music. The Dexcom G6 allows you to follow the person using the CGM. Imagine this. If your child is wearing the CGM and you're somewhere else, you can see their blood sugars live and in person. I can actually see four people's blood sugars right now because I'm watching four different people. I see a blood sugar of 162, one of 80, one of 103, and one of 116. Now, you're probably not going to be following four people ever, but you might want four people to follow you. Maybe your husband, maybe your brother, your sister, your school nurse, trash truck driver, because he just looks like a good guy who you want on your side. Anything, right? You're at the mall, some lady makes a cupcake at the mall, and you're like, I love this lady. I wish she knew what my blood sugar was. You could actually let her follow you if you wanted to. The cupcake lady at the mall. I mean, that's technology right there. It's amazing. They can follow on an Android or an iPhone and see your blood sugars in real time if you want them to see them. If you don't want anybody to see them, you don't have to share them with nobody. That's up to you. It's your information, but it's information that's going to help you make decisions about bolusing, eating, correcting blood sugars, so much more. You're going to see the speed and direction in real time of your blood sugar. And that's how great decisions are made with information, with data, with the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get started right now. Dex comes for anyone using insulin. You could have type one or type two. And by the way, if you get your insurance through the Veterans Administration in the United States, I think you might be very happy with the coverage. Go check it out. Okay, now you're gonna have your Dexcom and be able to see your blood sugar and what it's doing. How are you gonna make it do the thing it's doing? How are you gonna make it stay stable? How are you gonna get your basal so good that your blood sugar just sits super stable when you're away from a bolus or food? How are you gonna pre-bolus? and stop those spikes at mealtimes? How are you gonna make small adjustments to your insulin? How are you gonna do all this? I think you should do it with an Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. That is the decision I made for my daughter, 
and I would make it again right now today. The Omnipod Tubeless Insulin Pump. And they're willing, if you're eligible, go check out if you are, they're willing to send you a 30-day supply of the Omnipod Dash system right now for you to actually use and try. That's amazing. They also have a free demo pod where you can just get one to try on and wear that's non-functioning. But if you want and you're eligible, three free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash? Are you kidding me? Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. You'll, you'll know soon. Just head over there. You fill out a tiny bit of information and Omnipod's going to get back to you. Next thing you know, you're going to be wearing an insulin pump that is tubeless. It doesn't have to come off for adult roughhousing or bathing or swimming in the ocean or jumping up and down or kicking a soccer ball or doing a tumbersault. A tumbersault is not a thing, but I'm running out of time. So I got a little nervous there. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box, dexcom.com forward slash juice box, touch by type one.org. Visit the sponsors, support the show. Back to Cassandra, or she says Cassandra, back to Cassandra. Come to think of it though, she also says Tronto, so maybe we shouldn't be listening to Cassandra when it comes to pronunciation. Or is it pronunciation or pronunciation? I don't know. How did you connect that to the insulin? Honestly, I don't remember. Um, I I was in high school, so I just noticed like, again, like I'd have a diet, like I'd have that Pepsi. And to needless to say, it's not even, I wouldn't even say maybe it was um, me not giving the insulin. Maybe it was just like the fact that I wasn't eating. And so I had that loss of appetite because when I noticed like when my blood sugars are really high, I don't crave any food. I don't crave anything except water. And so, and I'm pretty sure that's like the standard for most diabetics. When your blood sugar is pretty high, you just want water constantly. Like I was always thirsty and I was always like, because I was drinking so much water, I was always constantly going in the bathroom. So it's not even needless to say that it was not giving the insulin. It was just the side effects of not giving the insulin that maybe made me drop the weight. I see. And so I, right. So I would relate it to the insulin. So I would just put it in my head. Oh, Cass, if you don't give that insulin, you're going to drop that weight. So I kind of, maybe that's what it was. I related the two, if that makes sense. So it starts out with you not really knowing how to use the insulin and your blood sugar getting high. Then you see it happening and then you connect the dots there. Why did you not? So it's hard. It's not hard for me. I understand because I talk to so many people. But when I think of my daughter's management and very likely how we're going to find out eventually that you manage your blood sugars now, um, Mm -hmm. I I don't understand a world where your blood sugar goes up and you look at it. But that was just common, right? Like you did whatever you were supposed to do and then you didn't think about your blood sugar again until it was time to eat again. Is that how you did it? Yeah. So like I would go home, like after my school day, I'd go home and then I'd give myself like a big injection to like correct all that stuff. Like if that makes sense, I'd go home, I'd give myself an injection just to correct that big high that I had at that moment. And then I'd go back to normal. But Again, so, that's not that's not a healthy way to do it, right? <laughs> right. It was that Novo Rapid back then. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. So you had you had a slow acting insulin. You were using Novo Rapid as your fast acting. Fast acting. You get up yes. in the morning. You did you test in the morning? I would. Um. I would sometimes. Like if it's honestly, it, it would depend on my mood. Um. It would really depend on my mood because, like, again, well, I was also a very angry child when I was younger. Um. Go so, ahead. Let's hear about that. I want to hear about that. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. No, I was a very, very angry child. Um, again, it was just my parents going through a divorce and all like all that stuff when I was younger. So um, I feel like when it came, like even not that they were afraid of me, but I was very like, I'm not, af- I was never, I was very outspoken. So if my like mom would be like, oh, go test your blood sugar. Like I'd be like, no, I don't have to. Like I would always, res- I was always 
I would always say have something to say back and sorry mom <laughs> like you know Sandra you were a pain in the ass is that what you're telling me I was yeah, yeah. I honestly like god bless my mother yeah I know I was I was really bad I was very stubborn and I would I would give attitude back I always have something to say back yeah. um yeah so it, it was like I wasn't an easy child to manage either I guess like I definitely with diabetes so I can't so she's a she's a single mom there's a lot yeah. going on in the morning she's probably trying to go to work you're trying to go to school she's telling you you know you can't do this to yourself but yeah. she's not exactly like following that up with, but what you should do. And, and in the moments when she does try to explain to you what to do, you're just like, lady, get away from me. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Great times, huh? Right. Oh, <laughs> like, you know, got to like, yeah. mother. Yeah, no, it's horrible. Yeah. No kidding. Um, and it wasn't like, um, even in elementary school, like, um, I love, like, I love how involved you are um, with your daughter's like treatment. Like, you know, you guys like verbalize it to the teachers and the nurses and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. It was a whole different situation for like myself. Like my, um, I think my mom maybe told like my principal um, in elementary school, but like my teachers were not involved. My nurses were not involved. Um, so it, like, it was just a very different time. Um, and it was just like a different experience. Right. Yeah. So it was more like, uh, it was me and my, it was basically me doing this on my own. Um, and then as I got into high school in grade 11, that's when I took matters into my own hands and like things completely changed for me All after right. that. Let's find out why that happened. But first I want to say you've dispelled the rumor that Canadians are just a bunch of very kind people and that you're, you know, you're, 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 you're nice to your mom. And, <laughs> and by no. the way, I'm trying to imagine what your mom said to the principal, like, Hey, if she passes out, you know call 911 uh, <laughs> and she's got the she's got the sugars you, you know like i wonder what she said and and that the principal just went like all right <laughs> that, that, that like, didn't, it. Yeah, didn't say do you want to talk to the nurse or should we make a plan for they were just like yeah okay yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yes, it okay was, it was different it was a different it was a di- very different time but um i don't know like i don't know if like maybe like if uh, they were more involved if like i would have been more aware of my blood sugars and like maybe in high school I wouldn't have done the things I done I did sorry so I'm right. wondering well I don't know like I well, it took you know, six right? years right to want to take control of things so when yeah. what makes that happen yeah so um it's actually so funny so um we reached so my doc my pediatric doctor she changed my life her name was Dr. Goldenberg and it got to the point where she would see how high my blood sugars were and she would call me every day at dinner and be like, did you test your blood sugar? Did you give insulin? She did that for me every single day for I think three or four months. She would call me every single day at dinner and be like, what were your readings today? She made me read them out to her every single day and all like throughout the day and the time. And then if I didn't test my blood sugar, she'd be like, why didn't you test your blood sugar? And she was like a strict doctor, which I felt like I needed because I was kind of a hard, I was kind of a difficult pain in the butt. At were that you going to say I was a hard ass? Is that what you were going to yeah. say? You stopped yourself. <laughs> I was going to say it. I stopped myself. <laughs> what, so, so you didn't feel like you could yell at her? No, like I was kind of afraid of her if that, and I, that intimidated me. So um, but in a good way, like I, till this day, I absolutely respect that my doctor for doing what she did Yeah. Um, because she made me come out of my comfort zone and she made me realize that like, okay, I need to take this seriously. And so I remember one day she sat down with me when I went to go see her and she didn't let my mom in the room. She's like, I want to talk to you alone. And she's like, listen, if you don't start taking care of yourself, you're going, cause my number one fear, um, she asked me what my number one fear is. And my number one fear is to go blind. I'm terrified of losing my eyesight. Mm-hmm. And she's told me that that is a symptom. Like if you do not take care of yourself, that can be a side effect. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want that to happen. So 
um, after doing some research and things like that, she thought maybe going on a diabetic pump would be something to help me stabilize my blood sugars. But for me to do that, to go on that pump, I had to already manage and stabilize my blood sugars off the pump. So that kind of made me okay. So I'm like, okay, I got to get things in order so I can make things better. So after having that talk with her, that kind of woke things up for me. Okay. And um, right after that, I think maybe a month later, I went to a carb counting class. And when I went to that carb counting class, it was a big class with a group of people. Um, there were seniors there, like people of all different ages, different races. It was amazing. And um, a gentleman, he had lost two fingers and an eye, um, eyesight in one of his eyes. And I, we had asked him, like, how did that happen? And he told us it was from diabetes. And it was because he didn't manage his blood sugars when he was younger. And he was just explaining his story and hearing other people's stories that woke me up to thinking like, oh my God, I have to take care of myself. I don't want these things to happen. I want to be able to see the rest of my life and I want to be able to have children one day. So yeah, um, you're going to need like, somebody to yell at you at some point to balance the scale out, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, isn't it interesting that you had the fear, but until you like until somebody like doubled down on it and then you met somebody who your fear actually came true for. That yeah. it's it's not enough to just know it could happen for some. It's interesting how people's minds work, isn't it? Like, and by the way, that your fear isn't being mauled by a bear or abducted by an antelope <laughs> or elk or whatever you guys have up there. Um, I think that would be. It's interesting that that isn't your fear. If I lived in Canada, my fear would constantly be bear attack. Just so you know, um, I would walk around. We have no bears where I am. I don't so care. Okay. You're lying to me. I know there are bears there, and. So, <laughs> Well, well, it's so it, funny. it's funny too because you know we love to generalize, and you'll hear plenty of people will will be vocal in communities and say you know scaring people about their diabetes is not the way to get through to them. And I happen to think it it, it wouldn't be my first choice either. I, I I but it worked for you. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Right? Like like someone like you're the one in high school that went to the scared straight program sat in the room with the felons and was like, I am never breaking a law. And you, you know, like, you know, like I don't want to end up like this. And, and then, and, and so we, it did really, it, it's interesting. It worked for you I guess the problem is like, how do you discern the kid who needs to be scared straight? You know, I'm making little quotes with my fingers and, and who do you, and how do you know the people who just need to have it explained to them one way? Because do you think like, so you're listening to the podcast now, right? Yes. So do you think if 14-year-old Cassandra and I met at some point and I was like, hey, Cassandra, look, if you just pre-bolus and get, you know, let's get your basal insulin right and we'll count these carbs a little bit, it'll all be okay. Do you think you would have needed to be scared at that point? That's a great question. Um, There's no way to know. I'm just wondering, like, your top-line reaction yeah. to that idea. You know what? I still think I would have, I don't know. You know what? Because like, I, I listen to your, like your podcast now and I hear of different situations. Like there's some things that I hear people think of. Um, like one of my favorite stories that I've heard so far is the one where having sex before, um, having sex, like as a diabetic, um, and I never thought of things like, um, one of the topics when the girl was saying like how she, if she goes on top thing, like she uses more exertion and things like that. I'm like, wow, like as a diabetic, like I've never thought of things like that. I've never thought about going low. And so I don't, I don't know, like maybe when I was younger, if I had heard these um, different situations from different people, like listening to the podcast itself, yeah, maybe it would have um, woken me up a little bit and then like, okay, Cass, like you need to take this seriously. Um, 
but I don't, I've always, I've realized that about myself that I, I am like that. I learned from things like that. So like, um, again, mom, I love you to death, but like my mom, like I've learned from her mistakes. Like I've seen the mistakes that she's made out of her life. Um, cause my mom had me at 18. Like I've, I basically sure. grew up with my mother. Um, and so I've watched her grow up and I've seen the mistakes that she's done. And so I've learned from those mistakes and I'm like, Hey, I don't want to make those mistakes myself. And I haven't to this day. And so I'm wondering, I don't know if I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm the, for me to learn in a hard way, like, especially like big life lessons, I kind of need to be scared straight in a way. That's interesting. That makes sense. Also, yeah. I think, and we're learning that the podcast has made you a lazy lover too. So <laughs> like if I, if your partner was here right now, would he say, oh my God, like she has wanted to be on the bottom a lot more lately. Is, is it, <laughs> has that happened to you? Have you been like, why am I making my blood sugar low and working so hard? Damn it. Uh, <laughs> no, but, no, <laughs> no, um, no, it's just, uh, it's just things that like now it's just the perspective. Like those are just things like I would never have thought about like, Oh my God, like I could have a low while I'm being intimate with my partner. I've never, you know what I mean? Like, I've never thought about that before getting intimate. So like hearing that from a, like somebody else's perspective, I'm like, Oh my God, like that's so interesting to think that people actually do think of things like that. Gotcha. And so, right. And so, yeah. you're, so Cass, you're still on top, but you're more cognizant <laughs> of it now. Oh, and by the way, obviously this episode is going to be called Cass on top. I just realized. <laughs> Um, okay. By the way, I'm That's just like gonna perfect. I'm gonna just jot that down right now. Actually, I don't want to lose that thought. We're done right there, cast on top. And by the way, that you said it's perfect is fun because now I'm wondering what else you think is fun. Uh, but <laughs> uh, oh my god, so well, my partner's gonna die when he hears. <laughs> well, yeah, listen, because now we all learned he's lazy. I just yeah. I don't know what other way to put it. Honestly, the guy just lays there. Oh my god, yeah. So, okay, so so you you get scared into doing what you you know to paying more attention. What does paying more attention mean in eleventh grade? Like, how did you bring yourself to a better place? Yeah. Um. So I was more on top of like checking my blood sugar. So, um, for me, like I ha- I've checked my blood sugar before every meal, um, before driving, every, like every, almost anything that I do. So when I um back then, like I would not check my blood sugar. I would probably check it once a day, if that. Okay. Um, and so I, that's like doing like the, basically just be, being a diabetic, like just taking care of yourself. Like that's what I realized I had to do. So I would check my blood sugars more. Um, I was more on top of my insulin. I became more aware of my diet. So grade 11, um, I had gotten up to, I think about 210 pounds. I got like, um, I went from lose, like dropping all the weight to then going through like that, um, big change where I wasn't giving insulin and then, okay. I'm like, okay, I got to take this seriously. And so I did gain weight, but I didn't, it, I did not gain weight because I was taking care of myself. So I just want to make that clear. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. started gaining weight just because like, I started getting into old habits. Like I started eating out almost every other day. Um, and then I was like, okay, like we need to seriously buckle down, take this seriously. It's not just about checking your blood sugar and giving the insulin for what you eat. It's also your diet. Good so yeah, lifestyle. That's when everything changed. So I basically start. I ju- I started off with uh, working out on about six days a week. I started doing is like Turbo Jam with Shaleen Johnson. And, um, <laughs> that sounds very Canadian for some reason, <laughs> right? <laughs> and like, oh my god, what's I can't remember his name, but he was like the big, like he was like the big black guy that wore like his big scrubs and the big Nike shoes. My mom used to. I can't remember his name, but Bill Gates. I think. I Wait, hold on a second. Slow down. We got to go to Google. Uh, you're, you're talking about is this a is this a workout thing? 
Yeah. And like, he was like kickboxing. And I, oh my God. I can't remember. But Hold on. We're going to figure it out. Um, <laughs> wait, do you see this? Oh my God. Wait, man. do you see this Google search? Hold on a second. <laughs> All right. Well, for clarity, black guy in Scrubs just gives you the picture of the actor from Scrubs. Uh, but <laughs> Donald Faison, that didn't I help I love us. Scrubs, by the way. <laughs> okay. All right, hold on a second. Um, kickboxing workout. Billy Blanks. Billy. There we go. Hold on a second. You figure, Look at you figuring it out. Billy Blanks. Well done. <laughs> He's huge, by the way. Or did they just put him next to a very tiny person? It's hard to tell. He's a big man. And this man taught you how to be healthy? This man, it is where that's where it all started. Him no. and Shalene Johnson, is, I started doing those workouts. I started getting more on top of my diet. Like, the big thing was I stopped eating out, and I stopped pop. Like, I loved, guys, I loved Coca-Cola. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I have like I don't even remember the last time I've drinking Coca-Cola. It's been years. It's like, you're just drinking straight sugar and and soda. It it is. Fun. Oh. Did you know you weren't eating well while that was um, happening? I, I did. Uh, I did. I did, and I didn't. Like I knew. Like I knew McDonald's and all that. I knew it was bad for you, but I, like even now, like I know it's so bad for you, but it tastes it tastes so good. And so, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. I know. I know it's bad. Um, but no, like I, I, like I said, I was working with, um, LMC diabetes and endocrinology. I don't know if they have that in the States, but, um, my diet, basically they give you an endocrinologist, uh, which is your doctor and a dietitian. So my dietitian, Amen, um, she was absolutely amazing. Like I could reach out to her about like different things that I was eating and she'd be like, okay, try substituting this for this. I could text her. Like she was honestly amazing. She worked with me. And then I remember she actually moved to Australia. She left the company. She moved to Australia about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget when she left, when she left, she told me like, you are one of my leanest clients. I now I weigh 143 pounds. I started at 210. Wow. So good for yes. you. I have to Thank say, you. I don't think these are the breasts that Shailene's mother gave her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as I'm looking through your, your gurus here online. <laughs> Um, they're definitely not hers yeah. but it's okay. <laughs> i mean they're hers she paid for them they're hers fair is fair but um uh, okay so so you're because it's funny that you're telling this story and i think it's kind of interesting for young girls to hear too because you're i only i only know what you look like from like i literally looked you up on linkedin real quick because yeah. you know and you are you appear to be a fit person in in their late 20s like there's yes. nothing about you that I I couldn't look at your photo and think that you used to not be a fit person. Like I I, I don't think I could figure that out from your photo. You, you know what I oh, mean by that? That's so sweet. <laughs> well, no, it's just it's just honest, and and I think it's important to hear too because you know, look, fair's fair, fair's fair for Shailene, and fair's fair for this. <laughs> so uh, I I think this podcast is about understanding how to use insulin, and from there. You need to eat whatever you're going to eat. I'm not in charge of what you eat, right? Um, I think that I take that tactic because there are plenty of people who don't have great diets. And to start off when they have diabetes and they're struggling to control their blood sugars by telling them, hey, you know what your problem is? You don't eat well. Like that just doesn't seem like a recipe for success to me. I would rather rather people learn how to use insulin and along the way say to themselves, hey, you know what? ends up being true here 
I'm way better at managing uh, a healthier, cleaner diet than I am at managing Pop-Tarts. And mm-hmm. and then they can decide for themselves if they want Pop-Tarts. Again, not up yeah. to me, right? But because I talk about it that way so much, I do every once in a while hear people say, oh, that guy, he says you can eat whatever you want. And I'm like, mm, that's not what I said. What I said was <laughs> you can bolus for anything. I didn't, exactly. you know, I didn't say you could eat whatever you want. Everything was just going to be okay. Like it's, you know, you might, ha- you might be a very, um, you could end up being an unhealthy person with really good blood sugars. It, and that's exactly what it's so true. And right. that's, and I think that's what people also misconsume too. Like people always assume like, oh, you're a diabetic. You can't eat this. You shouldn't have this guys. Let me tell you, like people will tell you, I work at a hospital. Um, I'm one of the administrators there and people will tell you I'm the donut queen. Like I, I love donuts. I am donuts and burgers is like the way to my heart, but I just, I eat it in moderation. And I, like you said, like I just, I bolus for it, but also keep in mind, I do lift very heavy weights and I work out about four times a week. So like I do balance my lifestyle and I eat very lean protein as well. Like I have a very high protein diet. Okay. And so, your your body is eating up those carbs when you, you're using them for something. It's not oh, just, yeah, like if I sure. eat a donut, it just, it just goes and settles somewhere. I, I don't. It, it's, it's not. It's not. I'm not using it up later, picking up something heavy. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I just. I. I really want to come back around on that one last time. Like, there's a difference between understanding how to use insulin, uh, being so good at using insulin that you can pretty much conquer anything that you put in your body, and those things being good for you in other ways. Like, there's. There's a problem sometimes people with diabetes have where they either see themselves as, you know, diabetes all the time or forget to see it some of the other times. It's a, I don't know, I'm not saying that correctly, but we somehow have decided that if our blood sugar doesn't get high, then what we ate is okay. And, you know, from like, if you want to talk about, you know, personally and morally, I don't care what you eat. It doesn't matter. I'm not, that's not my game. You know what I mean? But you yeah. also you also can't walk around telling me like, hey, I'm 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 heavier than I want to be or I'm not as in shape as I want to be. But my blood sugars are great, but I'm doing a good job of keeping them great and eating, you know, cocoa puffs at the same time. So, <laughs> you know, like it, you, you got to pick one you, and 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 decide just it, it matters to me, my nutrition or it matters to me not my nutrition as long as I manage my blood sugars well. And and maybe, again, these don't have to be mutually exclusive. You could do both. You know what I mean? And and you could also have a donut sometimes. And, you know, you just can't eat a donut every day for the rest of your life. That's not going to work out well. Exactly. I mean, that's all. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you just, um, if you do eat, like, I feel like if you go, if you do eat well, kind of just um, your blood sugars will will kind of they kind of just balance out like it kind of it almost kind of goes hand in hand but that's not needless to say like you can't go have a big mac at mcdonald's and just bolus for that once in a while do you know what i mean like yeah. i you definitely have to enjoy the little things in life and and that's another thing like i don't want people to always look at me and then just be like oh that's cash she's the diabetic no like because that's not that's not just all i am that is right. a part of who i am but yeah. that's not all i am and no. Um, now, like before I used to be very embarrassed. Like I used to, if people would ask me if I was diabetic, I would lie and say, no, like, um, I would, like, cause people would see me take out my tester and test my blood sugar and give my syringe. And I'd lie and say, no, like what did something you, else. What do you, do you want them to think when you were like, 
I would honestly, I'd be like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, I would just, I would, like, I was so rude. I would tell people, like, it's none of your business. Like, people would come up and be like, oh, is that, are you touching your blood? That's none of your business. Don't worry about it. Like, where's, or, oh, where's yeah, the, it's my, pa- it's my oh, pager. Like, don't worry. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> sure where the line was. If you're like, no, no, this is heroin. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you were just like, I would rather pe- people think this, then I, I I wasn't sure where your line was exactly. Like, what it is you were, what you were willing yeah. to say to get out of it. Because there's not a lot of excuses for diabetes no. that, you know, that, that leads you in a different direction. <laughs> no. Cass, I'm starting to have a really good time with you. Uh, so <laughs> right? But, like, but now it's funny because, like, now I'll be at the grocery store and, like, I wear – I'm on the Omnipod. So, like, people will see my little pod on my arm and I've had people come up to me and be like, oh, like, my daughter just turned di- – like, has just dug, became, got diabetic. Mm-hmm. Like, and they've asked me about my experience. I've had people at the hospital when I'm walking in the hospital. Like, a gentleman has come up to me and been like, oh, um, his daughter is 10 years old and she was just diagnosed. And he was asking me about my experience. And then we taught – it ended up being like a quick conversation. It was supposed to be like a quick conversation right between the uh, elevators. And we yeah. ended up talking for like a half hour. <laughs> nice. That is really nice. I think that's terrific yeah. when people can help each other like that. I also right? love that you exactly. almost misspoke and said his daughter turned diabetic. And I was like, that's such an interesting way to think about it. Like I turned eight years old. I turned diabetic. <laughs> I, I turned I a diabetic. Yeah. <laughs> I became a di- I turned a diabetic. Cash, you're a gold mine. What did you say at the beginning? I'm afraid I won't have something to talk about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I gave up on matching your energy like 10 minutes in. I was like, oh, hell, just let her talk. I'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> I tend to ramble on sometimes, so just stop me at any point. No, I was just like, I tried to keep up, and I was like, she doesn't need this. Like, she'll she'll be okay without me. Uh, <laughs> no, that that's It's really interesting. I mean, it's a great story, too, because you really did. I mean, we skipped over it, too, but I'm assuming 14, you just started getting your period, too, right? Yeah, um, actually, I got um, grade seven. No, grade eight is actually when I got it. So I don't even know how old I was. So yeah, around that time. <laughs> oh, so so you're still not understanding diabetes, and then you start this starts happening as well. And oh, I'm assuming, <laughs> wow, your your and your mom's life must have been. How is it now? By the way, how are, how do you guys get on now? Oh, me and my mom. Yeah. Best of friends. Oh my god! Like you don't I, yell at her anymore, or you still yell at no, her? No, I have so much respect for her. I love her so much, and like honestly, thank you for every. Like even though she may not have been in, as involved as she would have wanted to be, um, I know she did the best she can, and I love and thank her for everything that she did. Your mom, your mom is listening to this right now, and she's like, "Look at her giving with one hand and taking away with the other one." Right away, she's like, "My yeah. mom, she's my best friend. She's great. Eh, she didn't do everything she could, but." <laughs> You just you couldn't let her have it for a second. That's wonderful. I love it's very nice. And as a parent, I understand. I watch my children do stuff like that all the time. You know, they're like, Oh look, he looks too happy. <laughs> I'll I'll remind him of something he's done wrong. <laughs> yeah, by the way, he did this. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you it's funny. If you were born in the seventies, you wouldn't have yelled at your mom when you were fourteen. No, yeah, you would have you would have had a whole different life. You would have been like, That lady's gonna hit me and you would have just yep. yeah, you You're getting just... the broom, you're getting the, the, the shoe, you're getting something. Yeah. You just shut right up. She'd be like, Take more insulin. You would have said, Yes, ma'am, no problem. I'll take care of it. It's so true. And honestly, I swear to God, like that's why I was like that with her, but with my dad I was terrified because that's the way it was. My dad was like, Oh, your dad wasn't taking like, it, huh? Yeah, you want the shoe? Yeah, you want the broom? <laughs> the shoe. Yeah. Uh, well maybe no, maybe the shoe ends up being the title of the episode although cast on top still very strong contender um cast so, on top or the shoe <laughs> were you ever i'm now wondering what you do with the shoe but i i'm wondering too which did you ever live with your father or spend significant time with him with the diabetes um no, no. Um, my dad I, I saw him every other weekend um so it wasn't it wasn't off no i didn't really see him that often like my mom did teach him like basically what he had to do 
Um, but again, like when I was with my dad, my dad had just gotten remarried. So my dad was kind of just going out with my, um, my ex stepmom and like, kind of just like enjoying his life. So I was just kind of sitting there watching the kids. I was more of like, I had to manage things on my own. Cass, look at you slipping in that your dad's marriage didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. Very sly. (laughs) Just want to let everybody know. That home record didn't it didn't work out there. I see what you're saying. Okay, uh, you're great. Uh, you should never let your family listen to this, by the way. But <laughs> that's neither here. Nor no, there. they know I'm like this, eh? So they're like they're I mean, ready for it. It's this, okay. <laughs> yeah, they're not. No, no one's been surprised yet at home. I see. Nope. Um, what's you know? So he didn't really. He was just kind of following rules from your mom. Were you actually doing them when you were with him? Um. You know what? That's a great question. In all honesty, I don't, I don't remember. Um, I also have, I'm the oldest out of one. So I have my sister and then I have two half brothers and a half sister. So um, when I was there, I was kind of watching everybody. So in all honesty, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember ever having any really seizures with my dad or anything like that. What about high blood sugars? Um, were they lower with him because you were doing what he told you to do? Or did you just like yes him to death and just do things the way you normally did? I think when I was around him, I did things the way I was supposed to. But oh. then like the moment I went home and but when I did things I was supposed to is more like out of fear, not because I wanted to. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. <sighs> OK, by the way, you said something earlier. Um, I just figured we might as well touch on it while we're here. You said something about your dad. It sounded like your parents divorce made you mad. Yes. Yeah. Do you do you have any clarity on what about it really bothered you? Yeah. Um, so when I was younger, um, I was, I was a daddy's girl. Um, so when I remember seeing my parents fight and I remember my mom kind of made my dad leave. So I had a lot of resentment and the way, like, I'll give the full story. I have no issue talking about it. So what happened was my dad had tried to commit suicide while in front of me and my mother. And so I had witnessed it with my own eyes. I remember it till this day. And so I kind of blamed, even though I saw him do that, I blamed her for everything. And then as I got older, um, and I kind of got to see, and my mom explained things to me more, I realized it wasn't her fault. It right. was kind of my dad's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did, like, I don't hate my dad. I still have an open conversation. Like I still have an open communication with my father, but, um, yeah, back then I just kind of, uh, I hate, like I, I hated them, but I, I hated, no, I did. I hated, I hated both of them. I hated them for like entering our family. Um, and then like when I became diabetic, I was like, wow, we could have been doing this together, but instead now like dad remarried and I have to, do, I felt like I kind of had to do it on my own because yeah. my mom was just so busy taking care of me and my sister. And then my dad was just kind of on his own doing his own thing. Cassandra, I have to so tell have, you yeah. that was really honest. And given that I just put up an episode with uh, a kid who's bipolar and has tried to kill himself a number of times and yeah. all the other stories that people have told, that was one of the most fun stories anybody's ever told on this podcast i'll bleep myself out (laughs) later um seriously like you thank you for being that honest and wow that that was really you took me by surprise with that um so your mom your mom thought your dad wasn't stable and she wanted him to be away from her kids that's and it's funny because he was actually diagnosed i think a year and a half ago bipolar and mild depression so he's on medication now but it's funny because that's exactly what it was too 
Yeah. That's, and so, yeah, she crazy. that's she just felt like he was unsafe for me, um, like our, her family. Yeah. And so she asked him to leave. But at the time, I was so young, I didn't understand what right, I just saw it as like, oh, you're making house. dad leave. Why yeah. are you making dad leave? Right. <laughs> right. You made my dad leave here. And so yeah. now you're mad at her. So anytime she says something to you, you argue with her because you're just looking for and, a way to hurt her. And then you get older, realize that hurting her is hurting you. Fix yourself. Fix your relationship with your mom. This is really a lovely story. <laughs> really? I mean, except for the part where you live in Canada. It's almost perfect. Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. Canada's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. So funny. Have you ever ridden a moose? Yes or no? Quickly. No. no. Is it possible to ride a moose? You could, those things are huge. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't get on a moose, right? I mean, it wouldn't Definitely stand Definitely ridden a horse, though. They're beautiful. <laughs> All right, look. Just real quickly while we center ourselves. Let's just see if there's any pictures of people riding a moose online. Oh, my God. <laughs> Real quick. Um, and let's hope it's not a sexual position I'm not aware of. Oh uh, okay. It's not a sexual position as near as I can tell. like a naked Canadian girl on a moose. I got, I got a picture of Teddy Roosevelt riding a moose. <laughs> and Canadian Border Patrol. What? There's. Is this a real picture? There's one thing I do notice, though, is Canadians do say A a lot. Like, I will openly admit. Yeah, that's not a thing we made up, that's for sure. That um, is a thousand percent true. My goodness, you can ride a moose. <laughs> I would never try it. I'm not that country, but by all means. <laughs> it's so possible this episode's now going to be called You Can Ride a Moose. But I oh mean, my God. <laughs> Cast on Top is such a strong contender that there's no way to know how I'm going to go until the very end. There are people here taking photos sitting on... This is wonderful. What's what's the plural of moose? All right, hold on a second. Plural. I don't know. I'm going to find out. Meese? I don't know. You keep guessing while I look. <laughs> the only correct plural of moose is moose. So more than one moose is moose. Moose. No, that's not as much fun as I was hoping. You see the moose over there? I wanted, to say moose, I wanted to say moosesses. Or mooses. Mooses. Mooses is really what I was <laughs> leaning towards. But I didn't sound right as I was thinking it, just in case all of you think I'm stupid. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. You can see, really, if I had a podcast about anything except diabetes, you'd be like, I don't like that guy very much. He doesn't seem to say anything <laughs> valuable. Um, it would just be me wondering if moose is plural or not. And uh, although, you know what? We'll try it at the end. When this diabetes thing runs out, I'll give another, uh, I'll, I'll try one more we'll show. Give it a try with the moose. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, what does Scott think? Uh, it'll be boring, but That's odd. So funny. <laughs> okay. You've said a lot here. I want to wrap my head around everything uh, yeah. and, and kind of like talk about how things are. Obviously, you're, you know, you're a fitness person. What does that really mean in real life? Like how frequently do you work out? Um, so when I first started, um, when I first started, it actually made the journey a lot easier is that my sister did it with me. Um, so my sister was actually around the same weight as I was. And then we kind of lost the weight together. Um, we started doing workouts at home and then we started going to the gym. So now, now on my life, I probably, I used to work out about five to six days a week. Um, now that I'm at a good weight, I work out maybe three, four times a week. Cool. And so it's not, it's not like, you're not like, I I don't mean to disparage anybody who is a, like a workout lunatic, but you're not just like working out twice a day, seven days a week or anything. It's just, it's a reasonable exercise regimen. Yeah. Like my, like I work about five to six days a week at the hospital. My hours can range from eight till 8 PM. And so, 
yeah, like I work out three to four days a week. I do it at home. It's my own weights. And it does help that like my partner works out too. So we have, we kind of just do that. Like we have that in common. So we kind of do that together. It's like an activity we do together. Nice. Oh, that's really great. And it's really cool. Did your sister do it for you or was she looking to do it for herself as well? And you guys just did it together. Was she supporting you or doing it a little for herself? I was doing it first on my own and then she kind of just joined in and then it became a thing that we did. And then, um, like even when I, when I had to move out, so I live now on my own with my partner. When I had to move out, it was so hard for me and her because we were like partner in crime. Like I, um, we would work out together. We would make dinner. And then like when I would finish work, I'd call her and be like, okay, so are you getting the gym bag ready? She's like, yep, I got it ready. Like I'm ready to go. Like (laughs) we were like Bonnie and Clyde, me and my sister. And then when I had to move out, it was like one of the saddest moments. Like it was even now, like I'll cry just talking about it. Me and my sister are very, very close. And so feel free to cry big, on the podcast. People love it when people cry, just so you know. So I mean, <laughs> so you miss your sister a lot, Cass? Is it like I miss I miss her so hurts like, your heart like when if she's I could not live there. with my sister, I would live with my sister 24-7. I love her so much. <laughs> that's really that's really nice. That's that's for, it's actually nice to hear as a parent that um that you guys have such a nice relationship as adults. It really yeah, is. Yeah, and we're like almost five years apart. So when I tell people that they're like, Oh my god, really? You guys are that close? Like we are inseparable. We call each other every single day. Um, if she gets like a little, like she's put on a little bit of weight sometimes, like she'll put on a little bit of weight sometimes, or I'll put on a little bit of weight and then she'll call me crying. I'll call her crying or like, no, it's okay. We can do this. And we'll like work out together over the phone. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah. really something. I, 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 I genuinely mean, I think that's, that's stunning. Um, really nice for you guys, especially because you didn't, did she have as many problems with your mom or did she not see it as the same? Cause she was younger. She was a lot younger, so she didn't see it the same way. I think she was more affected by my dad. So, like, her and my mom have always had a really close relationship. It was never, like, mine and my mother's. Um, But more, like, her and my dad's relationship has severely been affected by it. Okay. All right. So, let's... And you're managing now. You said you have an Omnipod. You were a Dexcom or another CGM? I'm in the process of getting a Dexcom. So like I'm in the process of like getting all the forms completed, going through my insurance and everything. But yeah, I'm in the process of it. <laughs> and because you live in Canada, you're only able to get the G5, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're managing differently now. Obviously, you're you're exercising, you're eating differently, you're taking care of your insulin. What's your A1C right now? Um, last time I checked was a month ago, it was 7.2. Okay. And what do you think your average blood sugar is in the course of a day? Um, I would say probably 6.8. Okay. Hold on a second. So 7.2. No, don't worry. <laughs> I, I'll get it. 7.2 A1. And 7.2 A1C trans, translates to like a 160 or an 8.9. I have it here. So, so you have a little, so would you consider that you, you know, what's so interesting. You're going to see when you get a CGM, you're going to see fluctuations that you don't know exist in between your testing points and your A1C is going to be in the sixes in like a month. That's what, that's what everyone, that's what my doctor was even telling me. And I'm like, yeah, I got to get it there. I got to get ready for the babies. So. <laughs> well, no, but seriously, like, because what's happening is, is there's obviously blind time in between your tests that you're going higher than you think you are is my guess. And you'll do a little better job with your boluses and probably get your, your basils like tightened up a little bit. Your A1C is going to drop like a point in no time. 
as soon as you can see the information. That's going to be super interesting. I want you to like send me an email and let me know about that one after it happens. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I um, it's funny that you actually mentioned that because like um, so for me, I know like my body um, like in stressful situations, my body doesn't handle it well. Like I I break out in hives, um, like like certain like sometimes I'll like because I'm a woman. Like sometimes I've missed my period like months at a time because of stress. stress. Yeah. So like, um, I know like even like I'll be at work, especially now with all this pandemic stuff going on, mm-hmm. um, I'll be at work and like, I'll test my blood sugar and it'll be like 12 or 13.1. And I'm like, okay, but why is it so high? And right away I'm like, okay, I'm really stressed this morning. That's why. And then I just got to do a correction. This, yeah, no stress definitely affects my blood sugar levels significantly. <laughs> yeah. Arden's blood sugar is 200 right now. She's all she's doing is she's across the hall from me zooming for school. Right. And she (laughs) gets out of bed. Her blood sugar is 95. It's nice and stable. I don't know what happened over the next couple of hours. She hasn't eaten anything. And her blood sugar started creeping up and creeping up. And it it went quicker than I anticipated. And so we've put like a significant bolus in to stop it. But imagine in a time where traditionally in most days, I would see Arden's blood sugar stay very steady around that 95. She might jump to 120 and we'd bring it right back down again, but it would be very much very or like a rolling hill, you know, not a yep. not a giant spike. But there's no way if she wasn't wearing a CGM right now, would we know that her blood sugar was jumping up? We never would have given her this much insulin. And I guarantee her blood sugar would have been 300 because we weren't we wouldn't have been trying to stop it. And so, so it, wait, do you see it's It's going to be really I'm excited for you. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. I tried like I did try a different brand before the Lieb the mm-hmm. Libre or mm-hmm. the Libra. I can't remember the name of it correctly. Um, but I didn't actually, I actually did not like it. And the reason I did not like it was because of my experience. So when I went to go scan it, I remember it said, uh, like 6.4, my blood sugar was, but then I kid you not, I, while it said 6.4, I grabbed my actual blood tester and checked my blood sugar and it said 4.8 by blood. What's your, what meter are you using? Um, the, oh my gosh, cause I want you to have a nice, accurate meter. I still use the freestyle Omnipod. Oh, okay. So listen. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that might not be that's an older meter, okay? So okay. I'm gonna give you a little uh, like workaround here for you. So a lot of people, and this is not medical advice, which we've made clear at the beginning of the podcast. So um your test strips for that Omnipod uh PDM are code sixteen, is that right? Yes. And your meter's coded at 16? Yes. Okay. I, If you try to move the meter code to 17, your blood sugars may look higher and you may use a little more insulin and your A1C may come down. No way. Mm-hmm. Because okay. it might be a little more accurate. And in the interim, it, you might be interesting to ask your doctor to prescribe a better meter for you a more accurate newer meter i uh, arden uses the contour next one it's a great meter if your insurance covers it get that one stop using the one in the pdm yeah the contour contour next one yep (laughs) that's that's the one by the way contournext.com forward slash juice box uh but actually seriously use that link if you buy it and uh, (laughs) but um but seriously like an an accurate meter is the one thing that like you'll hear people complain you know omnipods going to uh like the omnipod dash and the new dash pdm doesn't have a meter in it people like i loved Mm -hmm. having that meter with me 
except that meter is like 10 years old at this point. And there are, there are better meters now. So, you know, the, the one reason you don't want a, a piece of mechanical technology built into a piece of digital technology is because you can't upgrade it. So I, I actually think it's a good thing that Omnipod took the meter out of the, out of the PDM. Um, but yeah, code, I, we used to use code 18 for code 16 strips. Uh, mm-hmm. Jenny has said on the podcast before she used to use 18 for 16. I know a lot of people do 17 for 16, but what you end up doing is, is after a while, you'll be able to see like, does my average finger stick match my expectations for my A1C? Because yeah. you, I just heard it in your voice. Like I thought you were going to say that was the meter you're using because you gave me your blood sugars and you thought your average was going to be lower than it was. And I was like, that doesn't sound right to me. So I think that's it. I think you just need a little more, um, a little more accuracy in your blood sugar testing. Yeah. All right. right. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, listen, you don't have, trust me. I'm not a doctor. This is an advice that would be off label use of the device. And I'm sure Omnipod would hundred percent tell you not to do that. Um, but <laughs> I, I know I have done it in the past and it has worked out really well for my daughter. And I know a number of other people who have as well. And you could always just change it back if you're finding it's not, it's not yeah. good for you. Perfect. All right, cool. All right. Well, have we missed anything? Although I can't imagine there's something we left out, but, but is there anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to talk about? Um, no, no, everything. Um, do I, I just wanted to say, share like one quick experience that I had. So, um, Please. one thing that I happened to me, it's happened to me twice, um, as being a type one diabetic is I had uncontrollable highs. So when I'm saying high blood sugars, I'm talking in the twenties and we're talking about, you're giving yourself amounts of insulin. So my first pump that I used was the animus pump, uh, mm-hmm. animus, sorry, animus ping, animus hey. ping. Um, and so when I was first using that pump, um, it w- did have a cord. And so when I was using that pump, I would get, uh, it happened once where I got uncontrollable highs. They were, it was all day from morning to night. I, my blood sugars were high twenties. They would not go down. I was giving myself amounts, like serious amounts of insulin. Um, when I told my dietitian, I was giving him these amounts of insulin. She's like, okay, like that doesn't sound right. You don't even need that much in a day. So yeah. something's wrong. So I had to go to the emergency room. Um, when they did my blood work, they checked for like your ketones to make sure you're not in ketoacidosis, everything like that. Everything looked great, they said. So um, they looked at my blood work and they're like, I actually, they, they looked at me and they actually told me, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's causing these high blood sugars. And um, they told me from a medical standpoint, from the blood work that we have, you're perfectly healthy. Like your cholesterol, everything's in perfect range. So um, I wanted to share that story. So just if people ever go through that just know like might be diabetes. a kink in your tubing right yeah yeah, yeah. well it, it was funny though because it wasn't my tubing because i was um i actually took out my tubing okay and i had given myself injections and the injections weren't working and so my doctor was actually at one point thinking like oh my god like is she just like is this insulin just not no longer working for her body but that wasn't the case because by the next day, when I woke up in the morning, my blood sugar was back to 8.6. Yeah, just back again. Yeah, you, you have again. to wonder if you were fighting some sort of an illness or if, yeah, you know, and something that's what else they check. Like they on. check your white blood cell count, all of that, right? Yeah. And so, stress could have been stress, anxiety. Yeah, like it was so weird. And, and then, like, when you're looking at your blood sugars and you're seeing them that high, and then 
you don't know why they're that high. That makes you more stressed as a diabetic, right? So yeah. um, it was kind of like, right? It was kind of like a loop factor. Like it was just nonstop stress. I'm wondering if that, like that could have definitely been part of the reason, but you know, just to like, just, it just goes to show you like diabetes is just so unknown. Like there's just so many things that can happen. Um, and everybody's kind of like everybody's situation's different. Right. But yeah, for sure. it was just so interesting. <laughs> that, it, 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 it's not uncommon for people to experience stress that drives up their blood sugar. And like you said, then yeah. once you, then you look at it and you become, and you're just caught in a loop and then, you know, what do you do? And now you're at the hospital, which is anxiety ridden. And, exactly. you know, I, and then the doctor starts saying big things like, I don't know what's wrong with you. I wonder if insulin just doesn't work for you anymore, which of course it seems kind of ridiculous. Uh, exactly. the, yeah. Like <laughs> the, the insulin would magically stop working all of a sudden at 10 AM. Uh, and you know, so, uh, but then that adds to the anxiety. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I always think when blood sugars go up, if you're wearing a pump and you think it's your pump site, the first easiest thing you can do is just inject some fast-acting insulin to see what happens. You know, yes. if it starts to go down, then you maybe can say, oh, maybe my pump site's bad. Um, but, you know, listen, it sounds like you got overwhelmed by the scenario when you went to the hospital, which in the end is the is the best thing you could have done is if you weren't able to fix it, then, you know, especially when you started giving yourself massive amounts of insulin that seemed like way too much for you, it probably got scary too. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Wow, that's really cool. You were so nice to come on and do this. Oh, Seriously. Thank you. No, thank you. It was great talking with you. <laughs> you as well. Hey, a huge thanks to Cassandra for coming on the show and sharing her story.Anks also to touchedbytype1.org, the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor, and the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. Check out Touch by Type 1 on Facebook, Instagram, or at touchedbytype1.org. Learn more about the Dexcom G6 at dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. You can even get started there. And of course, see if you're eligible for that free 30-day trial of the Omnipod-insulin pump, tubeless insulin pump, omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. There are links to the sponsors in the podcast player that you're listening to, the same podcast player that I'm asking very, very gently if you would please press subscribe in. Or those links are available at juiceboxpodcast.com. You can find the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes right there in your podcast player beginning at episode 210 or find them at diabetesprotip.com. Also, you'll find the Defining Diabetes series in the same place. One last thing, consider supporting the T1D exchange. This will just take you a few minutes. It's completely anonymous, 100% HIPAA compliant, and you'll be helping people living with type 1 diabetes. Super simple to do. I've done it. All you need to be is a type 1 from the U.S. or the caregiver of a type 1 from the U.S. It's t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. You want to support people with type 1, including yourself and this show? t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Take you about five to seven minutes. You can do it right there on your phone or your laptop. You could probably do it while jogging in place or at a standing desk. You could definitely do it sitting down. You could do it at a school. You could do it by the pool. You could do it with your fam, even if they were eating. Damn, now I'm stuck saying ham. And then I just made fun of Cassandra earlier, or Cassandra. Yeah. Oh, that whole Zeus thing just fell apart on me. Is it Zeus? It's not Zeus. It's Zeus. Wow. 
Look at me. Potholes everywhere on pronunciations today. I brought it up, and now my brain is making me pay the price. Dr. Seuss. Cassandra. I can do it. Ham. See? I should start leaving secret messages at the ends of the episodes. The password is Genoa Salami.